Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel, and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades, before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments, or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us, radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. And today, once again on this Life Study of Leviticus, we want to talk about Christ as the reality of the burnt offering being pictured in Leviticus chapter 1. Joining us for another uh, very enlightening and very profound program is Ed Marks. Ed, welcome back to the broadcast. Yeah, Chris, it's good to be back. And again, the types in Leviticus have just been marvelous concerning Christ as the reality of the offerings. In this program, we'll see more of Christ as the reality of the burnt offering. Ed, we've seen a couple of times now that the striking thing about the burnt offering is that it was uniquely for God, whereas the other offerings, there was a portion both for God and for the priest. This one is especially for God in his satisfaction, and that represents Christ in his absoluteness. He's really the only one that's absolute for God. Give us a little more background on this burnt offering and how it's very applicable to us and we can appropriate this absolute Christ in our experience. Right, Chris. Like you said, it's marvelous to see that the Christ who lives in us is our burnt offering. And this offering was offered wholly up to God for his good pleasure and satisfaction. And what that indicates is that Christ, especially in his human living, he was absolute for God. He was God's delight, and he lived a life on this earth that was absolutely for God's satisfaction. And I think, Chris, the more we go on in our Christian life, the more we realize we're not absolute for God. And that's why it's so good, even in our time with the Lord in the morning, to say, Lord, I take you as my burnt offering. I want to be one with you as the one who's absolute for God. Well, we've seen in these programs, and we'll see in this program, that there's lots of characteristics of the burnt offering related to Christ that we can experience. For instance, you know, he was brought to the slaughter, And that means that he was continually dying to himself and living by the Father's life. We need to live a life of being conformed to Christ's death, of dying to ourselves and living by Christ as our life every day. So there's lots of characteristics, and I think we'll see in this program more details concerning how we can experience Christ as our absoluteness so that we can live a life for God's satisfaction. Well, once again today, we're going to see this point brought out really from the pages of the New Testament as the living out or the reality of what is depicted in these Old Testament pictures, especially as you just mentioned, this matter of Christ being led to the slaughter. We'll see that in this first portion. Let's go to Witness Lee. The Christian life should be a life of the burden of 
but not of the burnt offering referring to ourselves. It refers to Christ. The Christian life actually is a life of the burnt offering, of Christ as the burnt offering. Paul said he was an imitator of Christ. And he even charged us to be his imitators. Well, when we read such a word, like in First uh, Corinthians, we may understand it in a very superficial, natural way. Actually, if you get into his writing, you could see what he meant to say, be imitators of me, as I an imitator of Christ. He meant this, that he was living a life as a repetition of the life that Christ lived on this earth as a burnt offering. And this is to experience Christ in his experiences. In every point of the experience of Christ, we should have the experience in his being brought to the slaughter. Christ, tell you the truth, his entire life was a life that was brought to the slaughter. It was not just the last few hours in the night of his betrayal when he was finished his prayer in Gethsemane. Then Judas came. Then they uh, arrested him, and then they brought him to the slaughter. It seems that was a short time, just a few hours. Actually, especially in his years of his ministry, those three and a half years, all the way he was being brought to the slaughter. Now, here is an apostle by the name Paul. If you read the New Testament, you could see the record concerning Paul, not Saul. Concerning Paul as an apostle, as an imitator of Christ, is just a record of one being brought to the slaughter. I give you few verses quoted just from one portion of the word, that is Acts 21. That portion tells us this was a kind of a being brought to slaughter in Paul's life. Paul, in such a case, surely experienced what the Lord Jesus experienced. Ed, the portion that he was referring to here in Acts 21 is the story of the Apostle Paul visiting Jerusalem for the last time. And during that trip, uh, in verse 36, the Jews were crying out, away with him. This is very similar to what they said about the Lord Jesus. I'd like to ask you about Paul's experience at this time, because there's more to it than just the fact he went through something similar to that that the Lord Jesus experienced. Witness Lee mentioned this phrase, experiencing what Christ experienced. Can you help us with this point a little bit? Right. Well, you know, Chris, in Isaiah 53, verse 7, it says concerning Christ as the burnt offering, his experience when he went to the cross, it says he was oppressed and he was afflicted. 
yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shears. So you have this like a lamb that is led to slaughter. Right. When we take Christ as our burnt offering, and when we become absolute with Christ as our absoluteness, we need to be prepared to suffer persecution. It's amazing, Chris. You and I have experienced this. You know, when you're not that much for the Lord, the enemy, Satan, it seems like he doesn't care about you that much. But when you begin to take Christ as your absoluteness and you begin to pursue him with your whole being and you just want to live for his satisfaction, that's when all the persecution and opposition comes. And 2 Timothy 3.12, it says clearly that those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And so this happened to Paul, and this is why Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, he said, I die daily. Mm -hmm. Now, surely in his circumstances, there was like a lot of persecution, but he also died to himself and lived to God. And Chris, our listeners out there, we need to understand this when we get saved. I mean, I remember when I first got saved and began to love the Lord, my family didn't understand what happened to me. And so you can even be persecuted by your own family members. It just seems illogical. But the Lord told us that this would happen. And if you look throughout church history, if you look at John Wesley and George Whitfield, for example, they were greatly used by the Lord, but they were very much persecuted. You know, people spoke evil things, false things about them, malicious things. You look at Hudson Taylor. He was very much persecuted when he was a missionary in China. And mainly his persecution came from other missionaries who just rose up against him because of his absoluteness. You know, Hudson Taylor, for example, he wanted to gain the Chinese people to such an extent that he dressed the way they dressed. He became Chinese in his being. There were a lot of missionaries that didn't like that, and he was very much persecuted and maligned because of that. But we need to realize that when we take this way of Christ as our absoluteness, we will be persecuted. But thank the Lord that we can, in the midst of all this, we can enjoy the Lord as the one who satisfies God. And Chris, it's our experience that when we're living a life for God's satisfaction, that's when we're full of joy. That's when we're the most happy. Ed, as we look at uh, Leviticus chapter 1, we see that a lot of the elements of the procedure here as to how the offering was prepared are described in that chapter. Now, we've just talked about it uses this word slaughter. And of course, as you said, this was the experience of Christ. This was Paul's experience. Also, we have to expect it to be our experience. Another aspect of the preparation was the skinning of the offering. And we're going to see that all of these things have an application to us in the New Testament. I want to read a verse in 2 Corinthians where Paul refers to more of this experience of experiencing Christ as the burnt offering. In chapter 4, verse 11, he says, For we who are alive are always being delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. And then in Philippians 3.10, he says that he was being conformed to Christ's death. Let's go back to Witness Lee and more of this comparison of the Lord Jesus as the burnt offering to God. Eventually, Christ was slaughtered, put to death, by people. Listen to Paul's word. Paul says, we are always being delivered into death. <laughs> always into death for Jesus' sake. Always being delivered into death. This is to be slaughtered. 
our being crucified is a kind of conformity to his death. Then, how about skinning? Stripping you of your coverings. Stripping you of your good name. Mainly in the spiritual interpretation. This skinning is just what? Defaming. The Corinthians say, you Paul, being crafty, you took us with gale. That means money. It means money, material things. You, Paul, are crafty. You send Titus to us to take our material things. You wouldn't come by yourself. You send Titus. That was a gale. Could you believe? This is in Second uh, Corinthians 12, 16. And those Corinthian believers were begotten by Paul through the gospel. They were Paul's spiritual children. Yet they said to their spiritual father that he was crafty. And he took their advantage by Gail using Titus as an agent. This is slandering. This is defaming. Well, what is this? This is just to sweep the followers of Christ of their good behavior. This is the real skinning. Skinning is to make the sacrifice without any covering. Today, the defamation does the same work. Just to make a follower of Christ so naked without any good thing to cover them. If we are living a burn-offing life, we just cannot avoid this. This is our what? This is our destiny. According to New Testament, the followers of Christ are destined, are destined to suffer such a kind of skinning. Ed, I would like to focus on this phrase, if we are living a burnt offering life, this is our destiny, to suffer such a kind of skinning. It seems that when we're loving the Lord as the Apostle and living absolutely for Him as Paul was, you mentioned this a moment ago, we need to expect this will be our case. We'll be defamed, slandered, persecuted, all of these things. In the printed Life Study messages, there are a number of examples. We didn't have time to give them all on the radio here. But is this our experience of Christ as the burnt offering, Ed, which according to this picture in Leviticus had to be skinned first before it could be offered? Yes, Chris. And, you know, we were fellowshipping. I think this is very helpful because when we begin to love the Lord with our whole being and we take him as our burnt offering so that we can be those who are one with him in his absoluteness for God, to live a life for God's satisfaction, God's enemy, Satan, rises up against us and he hates us. And this matter of skinning, the skinning of the burnt offering signifies being stripped away of your good reputation or being defamed. This happened to the Lord Jesus. I mean, the Lord Jesus was God. He was perfect. And yet, you look at Matthew eleven nineteen, for example, the religionists, they called him a gluttonous man and a drunkard. That's terrible to call anybody that, let alone you're calling the Lord Jesus that. And you remember the Lord told us, if they say this to me, when you follow me, 
surely they'll say the same thing about you. Right. If you look later, Chris and John eight forty eight, they said he had a demon. They said he cast out the demons by the ruler of the demons. This is terrible. Then, Chris, in Matthew 5, he said, Blessed are you when they reproach and persecute you, and while speaking lies, say every evil thing against you because of me. The Lord said we're blessed when people do this. Actually, in one place, the Lord said, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. Wow. So we need to beware. The Christian life is not how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> the Christian life is a life of being absolute for the Lord. And, of course, we're kind toward people. We love people. But just out of our love for the Lord, we need to expect people will speak lies about us. They'll reproach us. They'll say evil things about us. But the Lord says, you're blessed when this happened. He says, rejoice and exult, for your reward is great in the heavens. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, Chris, if you look at the life of the Apostle Paul in Acts 24, 5 and 6, they hired someone to defame him. He told the king, he said, this man is a pest, an agitator of insurrections among the Jews, a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He tried to profane the temple. Well, what is this? This is all lies about Paul. It wasn't true at all. Right. In 2 Corinthians 6, 8, Paul talked about evil reports, good reports and evil reports. We will, When we enjoy the Lord, love the Lord, minister the Lord, there'll be many good reports from the lovers of Jesus, but from the persecutors and haters who are one with God's enemy, there will be evil reports, and we need to expect this. And Chris, isn't it amazing? Even Paul's spiritual children defamed him. What a suffering. Here you are, you minister Christ to people, and then they accuse you of trying to get money from them through the offerings. I mean, this was a great suffering to Paul. But again, this is our opportunity to experience Christ as the burnt offering in his being skinned. Chris, when we're going through things like this, we really need the Lord's mercy. Somehow, we need to pray and touch the Lord and realize that we have a life in us that can stand the test, and that can pass through every kind of suffering. And we can enjoy this wonderful person in the midst of all of these sufferings and persecutions. Ed, that is so key, what you just identified there. The one in us is the one who overcame, who went through and experienced all of these things ahead of us. So rather than us having to sort of chart this course on our own, the key is to lay hold of him in experience because he has overcome. Exactly, Chris. And I think we've experienced this a little. We need more experience. But, you know, when you're passing through persecution and trial and misunderstanding, it really drives you to the Lord. And you really cry out to the Lord. And that's when the Lord really gains more of your being and you gain more of his being. And this is the way he can really transform us into his image. And we've got just a couple of minutes left. I want to pick up another point, another aspect of the preparation of the burnt offering in chapter 1. We see in verse 8, and that is even the parts of the offering and the head particularly, it mentions specifically, were arranged properly on the altar before they were consumed by fire. The head particularly represents Christ in a very real and important aspect to us. Let's find out about that in this coming portion. Christ became wisdom to us from God. We must have the Lord's head. Amen. We must have his wisdom. Amen. Because 
God made Christ our wisdom. But listen, if you are going to take Christ as your wisdom, you must leave him. I tell you, as long as you do things by yourself, you don't have the wisdom of Christ. And he cannot be your wisdom. The problem today is that uh, we like to be perfect and we like to live a uh, victorious life. Yet, we do not live and act by him. You may say you have a heart. Yes, we all have a heart, but we are not so accustomed to. Amen. We are so accustomed to live ourselves, doing things spontaneously by ourselves. And we don't need to exercise any part of our being to live ourselves. We just live, and you live yourself. But to live Christ, you have to exercise your entire being to live just a little bit Christ. It's not a matter of sin or not, but a matter of you or not. We always think, how good if I could not lose my temper. You consider your situation a matter of sin or not. But God considers it a matter of you or not. Amen. If you do it, be sure that would be sin. Even if it doesn't seem sin, eventually sin comes out. Amen. Because that's you. If that's not you, but Christ, that's okay. You have the perfection. You have the victory. Then he becomes your wisdom. Yeah, I'm glad we get to go on to uh, finish on this positive point. But it's an intriguing one. We only have a minute. I'd like to touch this matter of how we look at things. If we're experiencing Christ as our wisdom, that means we're really living him according to what we just heard. And he talked about how uh, we tend to judge things solely on the matter of whether it's sinful or not or whether it's proper or not. But God looks at something much deeper, doesn't he? He does, Chris. And I think as Christians, we need to get out of the realm of right and wrong good and evil, yes or no. The Lord's concern is, is this me or is this not me? Is this life or is this death? See, there's two trees in the garden. Remember, you got the tree of life and you got the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life signifies God in Christ. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil signifies Satan. But many times, unconsciously, we're on that tree because we're thinking about good and evil, right and wrong. But what concerns the Lord is, are you taking me as your life and your person as a tree of life or that other tree, the tree of death? And Chris, I like to apply this matter of the head of the burnt offering. You know, Chris, we need to take Christ as our wisdom every day. This is in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10. You remember when Solomon was about to become king, the Lord said, you can have anything you want. And he prayed something that the Lord really admired. And I think we need to pray this. He said, Lord, give me wisdom and knowledge that I might know how to go out and come in among your people. Mm. Every day we need to ask the Lord, Lord, I want to experience you as my wisdom and knowledge for contacting your people. You know, in Colossians 2, 3, it says that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we need to take Christ as our wisdom in contacting all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we contact an older brother 
or sometimes we may contact a younger sister or we may contact this kind of person or that kind of person. How do we contact that person? How do we minister Christ to all these different people? We need to say, Lord, dispense yourself into me as all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that I might know how to contact your people and minister you into them. I think this is a very practical prayer And the Lord hears this prayer and becomes our wisdom. We enjoy him as the reality of the head of the burnt offering. Remember our toll-free number. We invite you to contact us. We'd love to visit with you about these points we've talked about or the written material we have available and just to get your own feedback and your experiences of Christ along these lines. Our number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box, 2121 Anaheim, California 92814 and our email address is radio at lsm.org For Ed Marks today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find out more about Witness Lee, these life study messages, or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.com. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.